Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hello and welcome to Daily Daf Differently. Jeremy Kalmanovsky here. Today we're studying Sachim, Beit Nun Dalet, or 54, an interesting mix of Halakha and Agadah, both law and lore, and the law portion of things that are familiar to any observant Jew. We're going to talk a little bit about Havdalah, which will lead us into a, uh, a collection of mythic Agadot about divine creation. And finally, we'll talk a little bit about the fast of Tisha B'Av. So the previous page at the bottom of Nun Gimel, the bottom of 53b, we had uh, talked about the practice of lighting candles uh, on Yom Kippur and whether that was a universal practice or, in fact, a practice of local custom. Uh, and the, uh, that led us into a conversation about whether or not one makes Havdalah on a candle at the end, or one makes Havdalah on light, rather, at the end of Yom Kippur. A fairly lengthy discussion uh, about this. Even, to, even into the Middle Ages, there was some diversity of practice. Uh, there is a report that Rabbeinu Gershom, one of the early Ashkenazic authorities in the, in the 10th or 11th century, uh, did not make Havdalah on light at the end of Yom Kippur, but the prevailing practice, and, and as emerges from our Gemara uh, on today's page, is that one does make Havdalah on a candle at the end of Yom Kippur. However, the legal practice, which I must say is probably not that well attested in normal everyday life, is that you should make uh, Havdalah at the end of Yom Kippur on Ner Sheshavat, uh, rather than uh, a newly created Ner. A Ner Sheshavat means a candle that was burning through Yom Kippur, or alternatively was uh, lit appropriately, on the holiday, appropriately, such as to help a sick person or something like that, but not that you should strike a new flame at the end of the, of the holiday, uh, as we do on Shabbat. So Yom Kippur, you really should, should make it off a yardside candle or something like that. Um, at the end of Shabbat, however, you do strike a new candle, strike a new flame to make Havdalah upon, and that is because Adam, Adam HaRishon, is seen as having uh, quote-unquote, invented fire at the end of his first Shabbat. This is great sort of uh, implicit story in there that Adam made it through the day and it just got darker and darker and darker and darker and he didn't know what to do. And so then he invented fire at the end of Shabbat. And so when you light your, at the end of his first Shabbat, and so when you light your Havdalah candle, you are in a sense replicating uh, Adam's very first creation of his own ingenuity. Now that leads us in in the page to a long series of some questions. What do you mean Adam invented Adam invented light? What about the light that God invented? And what about the light of Gehinom? What about the the, the hellfires, as it were, which are seen to be created in uh, in, in mythic time? And so there's a bunch of agadot about the things that were created Bain Hashmashot on the first day, such as. Miriam's well and the uh, and uh, 
uh, Moses's grave and a number of a number of things like that familiar to us from the fifth chapter of Pirkei Avot, uh, a number of other a number of other interesting items. Uh, but this also prompts the rabbis to reflect on an even earlier creation, and I'll read you now one Agadah from that page, which speaks to about I think what the rabbis thought of the the sort of mythic structure or spiritual structure of all of existence. There are seven things which were created even before the world itself was created. Ve'eluhen, Torah, Shuva, Gan Eden, Gehinom, Kise HaKavod, Beit HaMikdash, Ushmo HaMashiach. The seven things created before there even was a world were the Torah and repentance, the Garden of Eden, paradise, the divine throne, the temple, which here means not the earthly temple, I think, in Jerusalem, but its corresponding heavenly temple, and the name of the Messiah. Now, really, this is just an amazing Agadah. For each of these, there is a biblical verse given, and that's what the rabbis do. They, they find some parallel in phrasing and, uh, and make a uh, kind of a homiletical derivation. But the idea, the web of ideas, behind this Midrash, I think are just quite fascinating. Torah, the, the Logos, the eternal wisdom structuring the world, and Tshuva, the, uh, the ability to, for, for uh, material creation to re-correspond with a supernal pattern. Paradise and hell, the divine throne, uh, a site of sanctity, the Beit HaMikdash, and Shmoshel HaMashiach, the name of the Messiah. They, they, all of these things indicate that the very structure of the world contains both being and becoming, to use Plato's phrases, uh, both paradigm and the correlation of existence to to the divine paradigm. I, I think an amazing an amazing drash. Um, so, in the course of these homiletical explanations, the uh, the various things that were created at the at the eve of the end, you know, the end of creation. There are two items that bear particular interest. One is fire, for the reasons that we said. Did, did Adam create it? Did God create it? Was, was it Adam's creation at the end of Shabbat or God's at the beginning? And a mule, similarly the first hybrid animal. Is that part of the divine pattern, divine creation, or part of the human creation? One view, Rabbi Nehemiah says those things are created just at the eve of Shabbat, but a later view says that they are created, that they, that uh, Rabbi Yossi says, There were two things that God thought of on the eve of Shabbat, but they weren't actually created until the end of Shabbat. So, let's think about that. Rabbi Yossi says they arose in the divine mind, but they actually happened after Shabbat. So, how did it go? At the end of Shabbat, God placed into the human mind, says Rabbi Yossi, me'en dugma shomala, a kind of a kind of reflection or or uh, to use an auditory met metaphor, uh, uh, an echo of the divine intelligence. Vehevi shnei avanim v'tachanan zobazo, and and Adam took two stones and rubbed them once against each other. V'yatsa mehem or vehevi shnei behemot. And, and Adam brought the two animals, the horse and the donkey, together. And 
brought them into, you know, reproductive conjunction, they got Samihem Peret, and a mule came out of them. Now, I think this is amazing. I think this is absolutely fabulous, because what this suggests is, and by the way, this is how I think creation actually works, that there are potentials in this world, this macro world that God creates. There are potentials that the human intelligence, mirroring a cosmic intelligence, figures out how to extract. Adam is seen as extracting the potential for fire that God placed in the stones, and as it were, uh, extracting the potential for mules that God placed in horses and donkeys. There are some other really amazing agadot on this page. On the back side of the page, it says, there are seven things that are hidden from the human mind. You don't know the day of your own death. You don't know the day that you will receive comfort. You don't know the depth of the law. You don't know what's in another person's heart. You don't know how you're going to make a living, and you don't know when the Mashiach or, or Malchut Beit David will be restored. Uh, and you don't know when, when the wicked kingdom will actually pass away either. The human uncertainty of living in the world, that's just part of the human condition. And then it says that there are three things which arose in the divine mind, and had they not ar arisen, it would have been necessary that they arose, because they make life possible. Al hametre asriach, ve'al hametre yishtakach min halev, I guess. You couldn't live if dead bodies didn't decompose. We'd make a, a fetish out of our loved ones. We couldn't live if we didn't, in some respect, forget our losses. We couldn't live if we didn't forget. If we didn't forget from the human heart of the pain of loss that enables us to go on. And we couldn't live if produce didn't rot. If we could save produce up forever, we would never accomplish anything new. Okay, those are great, in my opinion, great insights in, in Rabbinic Agadah. And uh, thanks for learning today's page with me, and I look forward to learning with you again tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.